The Nothing Important Podcast is brought to you by Audible. Audible.com has over 150,000 audiobooks that you can download to your MP3 player, iPad, whatever you listen to music to. You can listen to these audiobooks, pass the time, and you can even download some of the books that Dave has worked on. Dave, what are those books? Oh, I've done, uh, you know, several... Several different titles, uh, namely, my favorite would probably be The Prince's Boy. The Prince's Boy, P-R-I-N-C-E apostrophe S, B-O-Y, edited by our own Dave from Nothing Important Podcast. Make sure to go to www.nothingimportantpodcast.com and click through the link, audible.com. I dare you to give it a listen, give me a full review, because Fifty Shades of Grey has got nothing on this. You're listening to nothing important. Please enjoy the show. <laughs> what? It was just kind of funny, like just the the turn and the nod. <laughs> In five, four, three. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Nothing Important Podcast coming to you from Third City Sound in beautiful downtown Joliet, Illinois. Hey, my name is Brian. Dave, how you doing today? Well, I'm doing fine, Brian. Let's get the back going. You know what's gonna happen? I hope that our podcast eventually like gains some gains some sort of success. And for some reason we're offered like a small show on like terrestrial radio, and then somebody <laughs> hears that and they're like, uh, you know what, I'm gonna rescind that because you assholes just made fun of every like radio <laughs> DJ. <laughs> you remember um uh Dave and I uh just a quick story real quick. Dave and I uh, along with our buddy Tim Brenton and some others, like we we had fun for like years and years and years playing playing in our band, right? And uh, one of my one of my favorite stories to tell is we we were at a place in Normal Illinois, and for whatever reason, they brought in um, <laughs> they brought in a radio station that night. And he's like, "Hey, this is God from ninety six point seven at the White Trash Stand Show." <laughs> and so, like on stage, I start mocking the guy. I was like, "This is me up here on the microphone talking in my cool radio voice." <laughs> so, uh, I hope somebody hears that and be like, "No, nah, these guys are just fucking dicks." It's <laughs> <laughs> funny because there's a DJ that I actually liked on the rock station down there. And uh, he didn't have, like, he had an interesting voice. It was kind of like that, but not really. Mm-hmm. And then I got a job telemarketing or whatever, like, doing the, the thank you for choosing Verizon fucking <laughs> calls. Yeah. The courtesy calls. Uh-huh. And that dude trained me. Really? And so he's training me in this voice. Like, that's his real fucking voice. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he, like, he goes to yeah. the gas station, I'm like, like, I'm going to go ahead and put 30 bucks on yeah. regular. Because <laughs> it wasn't that intense, but it was, like, kind of like that. You know, it was like, so what you got to do is you got to call the people and... You know, say say the script, and uh, sometimes blah blah blah. And I was like, "You wow, <laughs> those people are so lucky to get a call." Like, thank you for choosing Verizon. This is <laughs> <laughs> this is Steve. I hope you're happy with your service. And if you have any questions, I'd like to answer them for you now. <laughs> Do you think you did the whole like? <laughs> but first, we have a letter. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny from Bloomington, right. and she writes. <laughs> Oh, we're such nerds. <laughs> I know, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah, but um, 
So I, I, I guess to bring a point home about something we, we talked about before is we, we kind of talked about how, um, you know, people, people screaming music kind of changed really how music companies approach music. Right. Mm-hmm. And now there's like this big thing, especially with cord cutters as such. I think we talked about this yesterday or whenever, um, how, you know, their, their services like sling TV and Netflix and Hulu making it more, um, Making it more convenient for people, right? Kind of on demand, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I guess that's. Uh, I guess I was just kind of thinking about that in relation to podcasting. You see how, where I'm going? How because, people would rather how how people would rather listen to people talk than listen to music. Not not really so much. What, that. What are you th- getting at? I think it's just um, oh, the on demand thing. Yeah, how like podcasting whole, is is a radio show on demand. Yeah, like a radio show on demand. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, kind of without the money, right? Like, we, we, we don't make jack from this. Right. Well, <laughs> we know? don't. Some people do. Yeah, <laughs> some people, yeah. Corolla! <laughs> We're coming after you, Corolla. <laughs> or cereal. Cereal. Have you listened to cereal? No, I haven't. I haven't. The, the cereal podcast, huge, huge phenomenon. Is that the one about, like, it's a crime or something? It's that a crime, and they're using, reveal. like, real-life evidence to try to, to try to work through the crime and see who the real culprit is. It, it's become, like, this big cultural phenomenon hmm. and you know we we talk about radio voices and such and um we talk about like radio voices and and i i honestly think that that radio is kind of a a dying breed as well yeah i mean the the, the uh bluetooth has really had an effect on it bluetooth? because like i can't jump in my car and pull off something on my phone listen to it through my radio because i have been a 2007 model vehicle mm-hmm. um not fancy schmancy i no. guess <laughs> so i don't even have an aux input i don't have bluetooth but nowadays you know you hook your car up you hook your phone up to your car's bluetooth and then you can stream anything you want and now everything's on demand so you can listen to a podcast in your car where i'm forced to listen to the radio but as we move forward that's less and less where you're forced to listen to the radio and everybody just wants everything on demand mm-hmm. you know at right. their convenience, because you get in your car, you have to jump in the middle of a show. Right, yeah. Know? There's like no rewind or, what is it, skip backwards like 10 right. seconds and then skip forward like 10 seconds. Right. So, and, and they say a lot of things about radio is that the average listener listens to a radio station for like seven seconds, mm-hmm. you know, so they're constantly repeating themselves and they're constantly going back to topics, whereas in podcasts, you know the person's listening from front to the end, mm-hmm. so you don't got to do that. So, yeah, it's changing the game, really, about... Douchebags talking, about <laughs> shit. <laughs> like like us. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the thing. Like we call this a nothing important podcast, but honestly, like is anything on the radio really that fucking important? Right. You're just listening to some asshole's opinion on something. Right. All they do know? is grab like the top twenty stories of the day and yeah. then like keep rehashing, it, and then it's like another team of people come in two hours later and right. rehash the the same uh, goddamn yeah. stories. The only special thing is if you get an interview or something, and you got somebody that you know. Like a sports broadcast gets the Bears coach on. You know? Right, right. I'm not going to interview John Fox anytime soon. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I guess where I wanted to bring that up is um, is uh, that we'd actually like to uh, thank everybody out there for listening listening to us. Oh, that's where you're going with this? Yeah. Oh. Where do you think I was going? <laughs> I don't know. Just talking about <laughs> the production of audio entertainment, I guess, in general. Well, it's kind of funny. I mean... Um, well, we, we're actually, for a podcast, we're actually kind of highly produced because, uh, once again, I, I mentioned Dave is actually a professional audio engineer. Professional audio engineer. We're sitting here at uh, Third City Sound 
right now. And professional um, audio studio. <laughs> <laughs> and um I guess I just wanted to thank every everybody for listening because like we're we're not like millions of downloads, but like we we tend to you know we've reached quite a few thousands of people. And yeah. so I think that's absolutely awesome. And why why we're kind of going at this new format where Dave and I are trying to bring you a few more episodes and a few more interesting things, we want to be you know, somebody that you would listen to like like you would on the radio. We're going to talk to interesting people, and we're going to act like uh, complete jackasses. Right. And we also want your participation. So we're actually, what we're going to do is during these uh, shorter shows, we're actually going to have like a mid-show music break where you out there can send us one of your band's songs, and we'll play it. And I'm not going to guarantee like millions of listens, but you'll probably get a couple thousand out of it. At least a few hundred. Yeah, at least a few hundred. I mean, ears are ears, right? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So please make sure that you go to our website, www.nothingimportantpodcast.com. You send us us a link to your band's website. Send us a song, a link to... A downloadable link to your song, and if it's if it's good, it's got to be good quality, right, Dave? You can't yeah. send us something that you recorded I mean, in the bathroom of your. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna go through. I'm gonna handpick all the entries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's you know. totally Dave's job. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's something we'll collaborate on, but and and not just music, honestly. Like anything audio, because we don't have any video set up or anything, but any sort of audio entertainment. I'm gonna patent that goddamn entertainment word. because when I did that <laughs> that plug, whatever on the one episode, I, it took me a lot of takes. Yeah. say ear entertainment <laughs> and now i can't stop saying ear entertainment but yeah that's what it is yeah so like anything audio you got some poetry i don't care like yeah we'll, we'll throw it out there because our whole thing is like this is what we love to do mm-hmm. and we only interview people that do what they love to do because otherwise it's boring as shit to listen to you talk about something that you don't care about right you know so yeah just yeah send us stuff and we just want to share we want to share you with the world uh exactly <laughs> <laughs> Like a lot, a lot of people um, don't know, but but Dave and I, we we've been collaborating on stuff for like fifteen years or Many, some shit like that. Ever since I played one stupid song in our dorm room. Yep. Ever since, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but we we've always had this view of like whenever we do anything, we we want it like we want anybody who would listen to be a part of it. Right. So that's what we need from you. We uh, you know spoken audio if you want to do it. Um, you know, send us a, a decent quality. Uh, oh yeah, I forgot you, you did mention that, but yeah, it's got to be. It's, it does have to be decent quality because there is a lot of quality lost in the conversion when you upload this crap onto the internet and all mm-hmm. that stuff. So if you start with crap, it's going to turn out to be super crap. <laughs> super crap, <laughs> which new, is like the worst band. superhero ever, by the way. Super crap. <laughs> he shits on all his enemies. <laughs> He's got a psychic. It's a monkey that flings poop. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go, uh, Flingy. Some citizens are in need. <laughs> but yeah, no, like decent quality. If it's decent and listenable, and if it entertains us, it'll we'll put it on there. That's the thing, because all we do is try to entertain each other. Mm-hmm. Like we're just trying to make each other laugh, right? And hopefully you guys do too. So yeah, send it in, and fuck yeah, we'll throw it up there. Today's mid-show music break is the Vaude Villains with SWP number three. For show dates, information, and more music, check out vvrock.com. That's the Vaude Villains official webpage.
yourself for this broken heart that nobody will ever know about. Waste yourself on these open parts where the corners have fallen And my tiny heart as the water drips drying out. Touch the wheel and this distant steel while the riders forever down. So on the Nothing Important Super Celebrity Hotline, we have the Fail Scouts, Alex Giapolis. Did I pronounce that correctly? 
Um, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> let me, let me, well, okay. Off to a good start. Let me, let me stop you there. Let's, let's get proper pronunciations down and then Just record us saying. I kind of like the fact that I botched it, and he was like, "No." <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. It's just it's it's Genopolis. Genopolis. Man, I yeah. was way off. <laughs> I was way the fuck off. All right. That so. was, I thought it was funny too. And then, that's Den- and then Dennis Muscari. Yeah. Yep. I mean, Dennis. Okay. Perfect. Uh, we'll take all that out. Which whenever we say that, it never comes yeah, out. Yeah. We show, usually so. just leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. So awesome. So you guys have a podcast, uh, Fail Scouts. Do you have a website for that? Yeah, failscouts.com. It's yeah, almost- it's a podcast we just started, and we just kind of. Um, we try to give a, a, a look of production that people don't normally get, kind of just of our, li- our perspective. A little bit behind the scenes, you know? Very cool. Yeah. And ju- just for our listeners, uh, you guys are actually location scouts for Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, we, we correct. both were the assistant location managers, and, this, and that included scouting and the logistics of um, shooting on location. Yeah, all what, the planning. Is what we were in charge of, yeah. And we, and we did seasons. Um, we, we were on the pilot of Breaking Bad. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then we returned seasons to season four, four and finished it out, and then we did the first season of Better Call Saul. Got, so you, you're based out of Albuquerque? Yeah, yeah. We're both locals. Yep. Okay. Okay, so uh, when when a TV show or a producer uh, comes, how, how how do they find you? I'm kind of interested in in how, how do they find location scouts? Do you have like a previous relationship with the production company or an AMC, or is there like some sort of agency? How would how would a producer or director who wants to have it, it, shooting locations how how would they get a hold of you? How, what's that whole process like? It, well, it's, yeah, it, it's some of its um, some of its people, you know, and, and but we're all we're both part of a local union, mm-hmm. yeah, um, workers union. So um, we're li- we're listed in that as location managers. So when a producer comes to town, sometimes he goes off of that list, mm-hmm. um, and he sometimes he talks to the local film office, who mm-hmm. you know we we have a good relationship with, and they and they and they recommend us, and yeah, but, we just get a call. But a lot of the time too, I think you establish relationships with these producers and stuff uh, that come in and out of town, and they talk to each other and they recommend people in Albuquerque too. So it's kind of a small community. And mm-hmm. I realized like, as I was going through how tiny it was, I thought you're going to be meeting a whole bunch of different people and you kind of see familiar faces over the years. <laughs> yeah. But we're kind of, we're kind of like contract people. We, we get hired by each production and laid off and each, each, um, when the production's over. Mm-hmm. So each season of breaking bad, we were hired at the beginning with a new start paperwork and then we get laid off at the end. that's basically for everyone in the crew. It's kind of how yeah. the movies work. Right. And, and, uh, Albuquerque is kind of like an up and coming location for filming, right? Like I, I believe I read an article because of the, the taxes and the cost of doing it in places like Los Angeles and New York city. Albuquerque is very friendly to, you know, production budgets. Yeah, absolutely. And at around 2005, um, New Mexico set forth, um, a really generous tax incentives mm-hmm. that that attracted a lot of productions and it's blossomed from there and um yeah and dennis and i kind of started just working into as a pas when they first started working over movie started um shooting over here and kind of worked our way up yeah i was actually going to try and move to la just as the films were uh, coming here so yeah hollywood kind of came to us oh, it was kind of like lucky right place right time yeah. yeah and the breaking bad pilot was one of the first things we scouted for um back in like 2007 Loca- well, the first things I scouted for, yeah. Location, yeah. location, location, right? That's <laughs> what it's about. <laughs> so, so did you guys? Did you guys go to uh, uh, school for that, or, or did you somehow fall into? Um, uh, I always say scouting? location. I- 
I always try to say locations chooses you. It's an odd job. Huh. Yeah. I didn't know I didn't know what it was when I got the opportunity and I just get a phone call. You want to do locations? Like, yeah, I just want to be in the movies. I said yes. I didn't even yeah, know. Yeah, well, what it you was. did you did go to um, school. There was a I local, went to a film crew training. Yeah, program. there was a local um, university. Uh, university did like a film training program. So mm-hmm. that's how Dennis um, got a call. Yeah. I like to say I was a political hire. He was a political <laughs> hire. <laughs> the movie was filming at my family's diner, and I scored a job on it, like dumping trash, and I kind of just um, <laughs> kept doing it. <laughs> yeah, doing so. So I kind of, I, I kind of did fall into it. I'm a college dropout. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dropped out of college, went to vocational school to do audio. Right. <laughs> so as as. Uh, Location scouts. I, how much? How much professional experience did you have before the producers of Breaking Bad contacted you? Had, had you worked on any big projects previous to that? Yeah, totally. We've been doing it for about nine years. Oh, okay. Um, wow. Yeah, so um, we did a few seasons of In Plain Sight, which shot here in, in New Mexico. Um, we did uh, the TV series called Crash for Stars. Yeah. Um, we there were, were a lot of small features before that. A lot of that. small features, some bigger Beer ones. Fest. I worked on Lone Survivor, the movie. Dennis, um, Dennis and I did the year one. Yeah, with the year one for Jack a bit. Black. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots, of, lots of random unit. little stuff. I don't know if you've heard of Hamlet too. Yeah, um, I've heard of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that, dark, is that dark. Good? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's I, I think funny. it's fun, man. It's you should check corny, it out. But it's, it's funny. Um, we were. Uh, Straight to video stuff. Lots of pilots that never saw the light of day. That Cuba Gooding Jr. line watch. Oh yeah, man. we did the we did the Sarah Connor Chronicles pilot. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I remember being so pumped for that's that. Where it's where like Sarah Connor Chronicles. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, that's where we met actually. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but then they made Terminator Four here, but we were not it. Oh, uh-huh. I gotcha. What? Um, who was? Uh, who who contacted you from Breaking Bad? Was that like Vince Gilligan, or was it like one of what? Like who 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 made the initial contact for for Breaking Bad well, with you guys? And at the well, time we, there, we were working on another show. Mm-hmm. Well, we were. Well, we were. Well, there's kind of two stories. One is the pilot, and that and that's when they came in and. And our manager on Sarah Connor Chronicles um, was doing both at the same time, sort of. And then he kind of um, left um, the pilot to us and another manager. But then in in season four, they kind of had a turnover with the locations department because they left the show. They had a whole locations team in the first three seasons that we weren't a part of because we were working on other stuff. And then, um, but we were working on In Plain Sight, um, Dennis, me and our um, manager, Christian. And then when, um, and then when the team left the show, they called Christian, and and Christian had an interview with Vince Gilligan and them, and then he brought us along as his assistants and as as his scouts, basically. So, um, so we had a previous relationship with Christian, who was our location manager, and he got the gig, basically. Yep. Very cool. So, like, when 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 they do contact you and they say, "Hey, uh, we need your assistance finding locations to." to film and such is there a process that you guys follow like like do do you get like a like an overview of the feel and tone of the show and then you guys go around and try to find the exact locations for that what what is the yeah. the process from hey we want you to find where we can film what what's the pro, where what's the next step from there 
Well, basically, we get the scripts, and actually, we get the outlines. We're one of the first people to see what happens. Yeah, we in come the show. on very early on, and cool. so we get so we get the whole story basically, and you, we do there a breakdown. There are some shows that you don't get the script though; they just kind of will give you a scenario. Yeah, like the really big just, top secret ones, like Transformers. But we're one of the first people secret. on the loop of the story, and then basically we do a breakdown of what the location, what locations we need. You know, whether it's a meth house or a you know a rock or a. <laughs> You know, or a Nazi super camp, or uh, <laughs> so, so real quick know. on the meth house. <laughs> so, so that's Which one? That's that's not a set. That's you know, an, an on location. How do you Most approach of, the owner well, of some, those homes and be like, you know what, we want to film your house for? Well, a sometimes house. it's a yeah, tricky thing. Like for instance, in Breaking Bad, um, if you recall, there was a, a an episode where Jesse goes to some meth house and he starts digging in the lawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember. You know, so in that case, yeah, basically, I was looking for literally meth houses, and what, like, what I ended up finding was that house was just the shithole that was being redone. Ah. So the guy who owned it knew it was like a previous meth house, and he was trying to fix it up, and it was kind of just sitting there, you know, being shitty, and it was for rent, so nobody yeah. was living there at the time. Ah. So, yeah, I was just like, hey, man, I'm looking for, you know, it, by that time, Breaking Bad was known. But mm-hmm. um, so, yeah, I just straight up said I'm looking for meth houses. Yeah. <laughs> so, you have, so, you have so to be very that, honest with people. Yeah, you have to be honest. And basically on the pilot, it's interesting because I, um, what happened was meth is a very big problem in New Mexico. And it's a very and it's something people take seriously, especially at it the is. time when Breaking Bad started. And um, I if remember you recall on the pilot the, yeah, going after the, the high pilot, schools. Well, if you recall on the pilot, um, uh, the, the scene where we first see Jesse, he's um, in this house banging the neighbor, you know, mm-hmm. and he's next door to like a meth house. And right. we, had a whole, we had a whole different house for that. And that guy got on IMDb and saw that it was about meth and backed out. So, yeah. so the producer made a big deal. We can't say meth. And we yeah. Can, yeah, so it was like, oh, you know, <laughs> wow. he's, a, he's a teacher. and, he, and He's he, a great teacher. He's, he's dying, <laughs> so he goes to a life of crime. You know, yeah. we can never really say what... <laughs> You know, watching but, the but downward by spiral the end, of a man. You make your own pitch to these people. Yeah, but by season five of Breaking Bad, it was like, yeah, we're looking for meth houses. We like your meth house looking house. Like, can we use it? <laughs> oh yeah, they're, like they're like, oh yeah, sure. Like, like come on in. Some film. people, some people really are, and some people don't want to do it. Yeah, but, but but yeah, but going back to the process, we get you know the. This, the breakdown and we go and look for options for everything that they need and we bring them back several so for every location you see there are several ones that they rejected I'd say close to maybe 10 per location. yeah five to ten usually you know and that, and basically they pick their favorites and we take them in a van and we got and we tour them around so um, so we work pretty closely with the directors when they come in for that and then they pick their locations and then, then we do all the logistics as far as setting up the filming and cleaning toilets and cleaning the toilets. <laughs> <laughs> so is is there? Uh, do you have any instances where uh, the location that you picked affected the actual like filming or storyline of any episode that you were you were working on? Well, I could I could say that uh, you know working with on Breaking Bad and Saul, Vince and those guys were very awesome in that they would give you breakdowns ahead of time, and in those breakdowns they sometimes would leave little notes like locations. This is basically what we're looking to do. Find me a cool space, and I'll try and tailor the scene to it. So there were there were instances like that where we would kind of get a little creativity to try and find some really cool places for them to cater the story to. Yeah, for instance, for instance, in the final season, um, all they could tell me was, 
you know, we're looking for a bad guy hideout and we don't really know anything about it, but we're pretty sure it's going to be the final shot of the whole series. Yeah. So, <laughs> no pressure. So, right? it goes, so no yeah. pressure, but go see what you can find. It could really be anything, like a compound, you yeah. know? And, yeah. you know, and I was looking for that all season. And long story short, we found this lumber yard that we used. That, <laughs> yeah. But, but, but basically, that lumber yard had a pit in it. It was like a water, it contained water or something. And they wrote that pit in the script and they, you know, where Jesse was captured at the right, end. Right, yeah, yeah, he was held, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, so they actually, that was an instance where they wrote to the location that mm-hmm. we found. That's cool. Basically. Yeah, that's they, yeah. They, they definitely tried to be as accurate as possible. You know, they'd always ask questions like, is this the real street? Would they intersect here? Would they... They know? always ask the questions and they seem to just name everything Juan Tabo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, it's fun. Which is a real street, but not everything's <laughs> so, hot. So that, that's interesting. So you, you said you found, like, the lumber yard and it had, like, the water retention pit. Um, and in my head, it, it was popping in uh, in Breaking Bad where it, it was in the desert, but it had, like, the underground bunker where they were, like, uh, uh, creating meth. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that school yeah. bus thing. Yeah, yeah. that was the, the underground bunker was on stage. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say, it's pretty safe to assume you didn't but actually. The, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, but the, uh, we have tons of those in Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah but the location, <laughs> but that location was this um, strange old man who, well, I shouldn't call him strange, but this, this nice old man who was who living on a, who lives on this plot of land with all his, with a bunch of, it's just a weird kind of plant, yeah. And it was up on a mesa, and so we pretended it was Arizona, and they drove that school bus in, which was <laughs> which was also. And then we put a hatch in the ground, yeah. but then we yeah we cut the stage. <laughs> so the the locations in the desert are they really as uh, as out there, and I guess kind of desolate, or yeah, like I guess as remote. Like, are you guys really driving miles out, or is it a little bit of like? movie and TV magic where mm-hmm. it's actually just kind of at the end of like a cul-de-sac and you just have to walk past somebody's like pool. <laughs> like, and the whole it, town behind the camera. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's um, definitely movie magic. We are in Albuquerque and we are surrounded by desert. There's we no are. shortage of it. And <laughs> Breaking Bad shot out of Albuquerque Studios, which is up on the edge of town on yeah. this mesa called Mesa del Sol. And you look one direction, you see Albuquerque, you look the other direction and you see nothing forever. And basically... <laughs> Come, that's and our that's, back lot. Yeah, and that's where we, Breaking Bad shot a lot of sequences. That yeah. plane landing, and the, when they took, when they were, when they met Mike Every season is just filled their, with, huh. yeah, with that area. Mexico. They just would pick different sections and, yeah. and look different so, ways, little angles just figuring uh, it and out. And Breaking Bad had so many deserts that they always wanted new deserts. So yeah. and, <laughs> and so we found like dunes. I don't know if you remember the, like those yeah. dunes that... We're mm-hmm. at one, step. and then um, and then there were things like in Better Call Saul with um, the Kettlemans in the woods and and stuff, and that's a that was a that's not so much desert as by the Bosque, mm-hmm. but um, he but he walks up to the he walks up the foothills, which is um, kind of the mountain desert, and then we cut to the Bosque where where we actually shot the woods and the Kettlemans inside. And uh, for those of us that don't know what a Bosque is, what is it? Oh yeah, sorry, that's oh, our uh, that's, yes. our riverfront property, that's what New Mexico- like where the cottonwood trees are. Oh, it's okay. uh, called the Bosque. Yeah, it's the I, river I area. Yeah. That's what the New Mexico. <laughs> <is called>. <laughs> <laughs> we have our own language here. Yeah, we would call it home. Right. Home. Yeah. <laughs> well, trees. Trees are far and few in between here. <laughs> Riverland. Yeah. Riverland. <laughs> Wonderful. One. One of the. Uh, 
One of the things we 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 have a pretty uh, pretty awesome, pretty decent following for it's all good, man. And yeah. uh, they they love to to send us input. I don't know if you've ever listened to our show, but like we, we have people sending us questions and such all the time. And, and the last episode, one of our listeners pointed out he he was like, you know, there was the exterior shot for Chuck's house, and I could have swore when the camera panned that Jesse Pinkman's house was right next door but in, in real life they're they're right across the street from each other are they it's um it's not it's not it's, horribly far it's not exactly right across the street, i don't think it's, it's about, in view of the house it's kind of down the street and down a little bit yeah so i uh, yeah, was so totally I eagle eye on that one i i don't know yeah, how he caught that I mean, one i have no I idea i mean if it was a really high shot i think it it's prob- possible it was, but yeah. um because it is down the street from it jesse's is. house but i don't remember i don't remember and that was a bit it, of a debate when it, we uh, were looking at that house as well i mean if i saw a screenshot i could tell him for sure if it's yeah. it or not but there's mm-hmm. some houses that kind of looks similar in that area, so he might just be mistaken. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, so it's not in the same subdivision. It's the same. Well, it's the same. It's the same neighborhood. It's about a block away. Yeah, and I think they were pretty careful to make it. They were not, really worried about yeah, it. So, but I mean, visible. it's not saying that it didn't happen. I haven't, I haven't seen it. <laughs> but yeah, but but it is true that they're in the same street. Yeah. yeah. How do the, how do the neighborhood folks react to to you guys when you're out and filming? Because I know you mentioned Transformers, and I live. I live in an area of Chicago where they film a lot of the like Chicago city shots for like Empire and Transformers and and yeah. uh, personally I hate it because uh, there's no parking in Chicago as is and then when they put two blocks worth of production trucks then we're now parking like two miles away <laughs> away yeah. from our house like do you have any negative reactions from the people in the neighborhood all the time yeah, yeah. and that's and that's basically part that's of our, our job. job yeah we're we're the PR we're the ones that have to notify the neighborhood we're the ones that deal with um, neighbors who are affected yeah. and that we have to actually pay my question for you is in Detroit uh, uh, I mean in Chicago do they give you like a letter do they tell you what's coming up yeah, and then he, yeah, they'll come. They'll come and uh, post a flyer on the door, <laughs> and that, that's yeah. pretty much your warning. But every mm-hmm. once in a while, like the flyer, uh, the flyer won't get there for whatever reason, and and um, you know, like maybe it falls off or something. And then uh, I, you know, I wake up in the morning, and some guys banging on my door, telling me I got to move my car because they need to park a. That would that would be my PA and yeah. and uh, or myself. I <laughs> would be knocking on your door. Yeah, but it's interesting you brought up that neighborhood because um, that neighborhood has had a lot, of, a lot filming. of filming. Ever since Albuquerque started getting filming, that neighborhood is called the Country Club area, and it's mm-hmm. a really beautiful neighborhood with really nice houses that is filmed often. And the people and have been the very people were there great. were a little fed up when, yeah. we, when, we, when we inherited the show um, in season four. I mean, it, it was kind of when in Albuquerque was still learning how to be a, you know, a, a good presence, and you know, mm-hmm. there were some bad productions, not really Breaking Bad, but other ones that re- that made things you know difficult. And so when we went back to that neighborhood and Better Call Saul, and we were going to use Chuck's house as a real Korean location, you know, we we tried to we were sway very him against front. it. We were like, yeah. you know, we you know we don't want to go back to that neighborhood because they're sick of us, you know. And just <laughs> you know, and they were very happy when you know, and you know, as you may know, Breaking Bad locations have turned into a tourist attraction. So tourists yeah. go up and go up and down that mm-hmm. area all the time now, all the time. And so, um, but the thing is, Chuck's house is a very unique house that you know they fell in love with. And so we, um, so we we went in. Um, 
head first this time and we talked to the neighbors personally and we made, told them what we were up to and we, and we just said, how can we make this work without, you know, as easy as we can? And, and I think we came out this time um, with them being pretty pleased but, with, with us being there. Hopefully. I mean, I, I would like to say that most of the people there, I feel, are, are pretty supportive, uh, you know, in that neighborhood. I mean, they're pretty supportive of the film and they do try to help us out quite a bit. And uh, we do, like you said, you know, we take up the blocks, uh, street blocks with the trucks, but um, it's it's not without imposition. It's it's unfortunate. And that's why we try to just be upfront possible with them. I know, like, I try to go to neighborhood association meetings if I can and talk with them there about you stuff. Not. You go to neighborhood association meetings? I have, yeah. Wow, you are dedicated. Yeah. <laughs> it I works. On that. It works. You talk to everybody, you get it out, you know? So it helps. Do you guys pick up in, uh, okay, here, let me put it this way. Did you guys pick the laundromat location in both uh, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad? No, the, the salon. Or the salon, the salon location, both in, uh, because he laundered some money through, so I guess. No, actually, both of those happen. Well, the one in Saul, we, our scout Cindy found, and then uh, the one in Breaking Bad, I think, was season, I want to say, two or three. Well, no, no, but you know what's funny about the laundromat and is I showed it to Vince. Yeah. Basically, um, in the pilot, there was some scene that they cut out. And they wanted it somewhere weird. And the production designer, they just wanted it somewhere interesting. And the production designer suggested a laundry. And I scouted that laundry and Vince, and Vince looked at it. And then, um, but then, like I said, we weren't on seasons one through three. So I'm not really sure how they rediscovered it, if Vince remembered it or not. But, um, but yeah, but, they, but that's a real laundry. And the, 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 the machine really tips over like that. Oh, really? You know, oh, really? So, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's, it's, it's meant to just dump the, the towels and stuff into another container, you know? Yeah. Right, yeah. But, yeah, but then the whole super lab was on stage, of course. Yeah. You right. know? <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But the, but the um, nail salon's a real place, and they, and, and it's, it, it, they painted a mural on it, but besides that, it looked exactly like that with the fish tank and everything. Yeah. It's wow. a great-looking location, and the, people, and, and, and the people are there now, and they're super nice, and they're super into it. And, um, yeah, and then you go in the back, and, there's, and in, the, in reality, there's just a closet back there, but they built that um, room for Jimmy in the show. <laughs> so, so you could totally settle something that our listeners have been debating back and forth. Is the nail salon in Better Call Saul the same nail salon in Breaking Bad? Well, when was there an else on in Breaking Bad? I don't well, remember. Just the, getting... when, when he was giving ideas to launder the money, he says you can use yeah. the salon to launder your money through. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, no, I, I, I'm not, I, I, I would say maybe. I mean, the <laughs> writers, the writers were very conscious of you know the previous episodes and 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 putting little Easter eggs in. You oh, know? yeah, that's true. You know, yeah. so they may have written the nail salon in for that because of that line in Breaking Bad. It's certainly possible. I could ask him next time I see him. <laughs> but but I don't know. But yeah, but they were looking for a nail salon from the beginning when we got yeah. the outline for the first they episode. Did, yeah, they were. So it was very specific. They wanted it to be a nail, a nail salon. Mm-hmm. That, would, that did would make a lot of sense then. Yeah. yeah. Did you guys have a hand in picking out the, the nursing home? Which one? Yeah, absolutely. No, well, kidding. basically, <laughs> uh, yeah. So the nursing home is a pretty interesting story because yeah. um, we inherited the show. Um, there, we're shooting Tio inside a community center, and it's the same community center. Uh, and it's a community center that we pretended was a nursing home. Oh, okay. and, it, and it has like that rec room, and um, and then we used that in Better Call Saul in this previous episode as the same place. Yes, mm-hmm. where they're eating the Jello and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. but but in you know as you know when in Breaking Gus Bad was, that, when Gus died, that's a different. 
place. Yeah, when Gus, they wanted, uh, you know, they needed, uh, what they wanted to do was the use, they wanted to build, the, so in the, in the Gus episode where his face gets blown off, um, they wanted to build the inside of a nursing home because it was a big stunt, you know, and they thought we would have to contain it yeah. on stage. Yeah. And so they had me looking for exteriors because the real one we were shooting is a community center. So I was out looking for exteriors for nursing homes. And I was taking Vince Gilligan around because he was directing that episode in season four. Yeah. And, and him and I were looking at this one and then we both, and then we, and I saw behind us th- that there was a closed one <laughs> that I didn't even know was there behind, <laughs> behind an existing one. And Vince was like, what's with, what's with that place? And I was like, I don't know. And I ran over there and it was a giant empty closed nursing, nursing home. home that was basically set to be remodeled <laughs> yeah <laughs> and and they let and we and it was an amazing place and they yeah. let us in and they let us do the stunt in there we actually blew up blew a up blew up a room <laughs> yeah. in That's that actual awesome. place you know and and Vince loved it he was so upset that he didn't have it since the beginning of breaking back so it was sitting there it, they could have had it the whole series the whole time yeah <laughs> but you- um he utilized it but then when he they actually wanted that for better call Saul but at this point it's already been remodeled into a new nursing home that's operational so we couldn't go back yeah okay. that's funny that there was so a nursing- back to the community center yeah, so yeah. we went back to the community center, which did look the same as it did when, in Breaking Bad. Yeah. So that's, so that's an Easter egg to the fans. Oh, that's great, man. Well, yep. uh, your your podcast is Fail Scouts. They can find you at failscouts.com. Guys, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us and give us some of the inside stories about uh, the locations of the episodes and um, and how you guys go about it. That's, that's incredibly interesting, and, and you guys do really great work for both of the shows. Well, thanks. And if you, yeah, if you find yeah. this interesting, please tune into our podcast. We just started it, and yeah, we, we basically just talked about stories like that. Yeah. <laughs> well, good. <laughs> thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, we really appreciate you guys having us on. Oh, well, we're, we're glad to have you on, and then uh, maybe when Better Call Saul wraps up, uh, me and Dave are planning some things for In Between Seasons, and uh, maybe you guys can come back on and chat with us again. Sure, we'd be happy to. Sounds awesome. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is the Fail Scouts. Check them out, failscouts.com. Subscribe to their podcast on iTunes. Thank you very much, guys. Have a good one. Thank you. Take care. (laughs) All right, cool. Thank you, guys. And that's going to conclude the Nothing Important Podcast. Check us out Twitter, Facebook, uh, our own website, www.nothingimportantpodcast.com. Dave, you can stop recording now.